Hey everybody, welcome back to another Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt Lifty Podcast. I'm Carter and I'm here with two of my favorite people, Perry and Evan. What's going on, fellas? Good to see you, brother. What's up, buddy? Coming at you live from uh, Evan's shed. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Got the got the kids crashing on the couch, so we got kicked out of the house, but I don't hate it because we're sitting here smoking stogies and having some drinks while the girls are sitting outside by the tiki bar, you know, talking to our favorite Georgian. Yeah. Life is good, man. Life is good. Oh, Life yeah. is good. <laughs> All right. So topic this week is rifle scopes. And I thought you two might be just the guys we need to talk about it. And this, it kind of <clears throat> came up. I, I got a coworker into hunting this past fall. He killed his first deer, first two deer at my place. He'd never hunted before. And now he's, he's got the bug, which is, you know, everybody can relate to that. And, uh, now he wants to get his first rifle and we were talking through rifles and, you know, what caliber and all that shit. And everybody has a million opinions there. And then he was like, what kind of scope should I get? And I was like, you know what, let me talk to somebody who knows a little more than I do. Um, so why don't we start there and, you know, Evan looking at you, man, um, cause you're going to coach me on how to shoot my new rifle scope that I bought. Um, that's way too fancy for me, but where would you kind of start the conversation with somebody if they were like, Hey, what kind of scope should I get for my hunting rifle? Where should I start? Okay. So obviously, um, most people, one of the biggest questions they're going to ask is budget, right? Um, and I don't believe in the rule that you should spend like double on the optics that you should spend on the gun. I don't necessarily buy that because if you're buying a, you know, a $500 AR, you don't need a thousand dollar optic for it. You don't, um, the, what you're using the tool for, right? A uh, hunting rifle is a tool. And if you view it as such, it's just like when you're going to Lowe's to buy a new drill, if you're going to use it once a year to hang curtain rods or a picture frame, you don't need to spend $200 on a DeWalt or a Milwaukee. You can go and get the cheap one, find it on sale on Amazon and you'll be just fine. Um, if you're a contractor and you're going to be using it eight hours, 10 hours a day, and you'd like it to last five years. Yeah. Maybe buy the high end one. So that's kind of what I tell people is if, you're going to pull this thing out once a season, maybe go out into the woods. You don't need to buy high-end stuff. You just don't. Um, but I also can't stand when people buy $1,000 rifles and put 500 glass on it. And that's the caveat there is because now you are not allowing that rifle to perform to its fullest potential. Does that make sense? That'd be like... You're limiting know. yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't have a good analogy for you. But driving a driving a race car and not putting premium fuel in it, you know? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. That's kind of the analogy. I feel like that'd be more the ammunition, but yeah. I, I'll pick up what you're putting down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that's a good um, point. A good, like, we're, what I like to tell people um, is, A, it's not so much the price point, it's the quality of the glass glass and what you're looking at like do you need a first focal plane do you need a second focal plane and if you don't know the difference between the two educate yourself on that what kind of reticle do you want because that's going to increase the 
um, price point. Like, what are you looking for? What do you want this piece of glass to have? Do you want it to be anti-fog? Do you want it to be water resistant? Do you want it to be shock resistant? Do you want it to have a lifetime warranty? Do you want it to have, you know, what magnification do you want? What uh, tube size do you want? What diameter uh, lens do you want? Like all these things play a factor. So it's not, hey, what's a good starting point for if someone says, hey, I've got a Remington 700 270, what's a good scope for that? It's like, well, I don't know. Are you shooting? Are you shooting targets, or are you shooting groundhogs, or are you shooting elk, or are you shooting bear, or are you hunting out west, or are you hunting out east? Or do you want something that can do a little bit of everything? You know, and like that's the that's the conversation. There's not an end all be all. There's too many options, um, and I feel like that's yeah. a sense answer, but it's also not the answer that a lot of people want. But like with anything, it takes doing the research on what you want and what you're looking for, what uh, specifications and what specs you're looking for for that particular rifle and for that particular scope. Um, so that's that would be my starting point. It's not really a quick answer, but that's the that's the answer. Yeah, because here out east, right, like growing up, probably, well, y'all have a little more room to push out where y'all hunt, but 100 yards is the farthest I've ever needed to shoot a deer hunting up where I hunt in Georgia. Right. So like yeah. a, a three by nine is plenty, plenty of scope for the type of hunting that I've grown up doing. Right. Well, well yeah. And I'll tell you this, man, my farthest shot on an animal was 660 some yards on a groundhog. And it was with a Winchester model 70 black tip 25 alt six with nothing but a bipod and a four by 12 red filled scope that I bought for like $200 at a gun shop. You know what I mean? Like we're talking every everything is under a thousand bucks for sure. Everything, scope, rifle, bipod, ammo, all under a thousand dollars and made the farthest shot of my life. And I've been next to guys on ranges and they have $3,000 Christiansons with $2,000 night forces and they can't shoot a fucking two inch group at a hundred yards. You know what I'm saying? So like at the end of the day, you can buy the sexiest stuff out there and the high end stuff out there. But if you don't, if you're just if you're just a gear queer and you don't, you don't know what you're doing, you're, it's still not going to, it's not going to make you perform. Does that make sense? So it, a good starting place is in my opinion, like just to throw out some brands, you can't go wrong with Nikon, Vortex, Leupold. If you're looking for, they are going to carry something anywhere in your price range and it's going to be good enough to get you started. Now, if you're looking to make 600 yard shots, I 100% recommend first focal point and getting into the higher end glass. You know what I mean? Honestly, if you're looking to make consistently over, if you're a long range hunter, um, if you're a long range hunter, and when I mean long range, I mean 300 yards plus, you need to be looking at higher end glass. Um, if you're a Eastern whitetail hunter and you're sitting in a deer stand in South Georgia and you're farthest shot, like Carter says, going to be hundred yards. You could, not even put a scope on it if you wanted to and just carry an open sight 30-30, but you'd be just fine with a Vortex Diamondback and it's going to get the job done. So so there are some folks out there, and I wasn't really that familiar up until recently. There are some going to be some folks out there listening to this probably that may have questions about what focal plane means. Just walk folks through the, the difference between first focal plane and second focal plane. Okay. Well, I am actually going to pull it up because I don't, I'm not, I'm not as smart on this stuff 
as Carter um, says like, I am. Would like you to be? Yeah. <laughs> so first focal plane reticle uh, enlarges and shrinks to do adjust the magnification. So, so basically, um, like with a second focal plane, when I'm trying to think, and there probably be a lot more educated marksmen out there, they're going to hear this and critique me. But like if you buy a second focal plane scope and you sight that scope in at four power and it's a 12 power scope, right? If you sight it in a hundred yards at four power, you are, when you zoom in, your reticle is not going to be exactly where it was when you sighted it in. If you buy a first focal plane, it will. The reticle, if you watch, the reticle increases and decreases as you zoom. With a first or with a second focal plane, it doesn't. So that is that is the difference in that. Um, and and correct me if I'm wrong, with the second focal plane, those that difference is going to be relatively, you know, minor at at your kind of lower lower yeah. range yardages but as you as you increase your distance out it's good that difference is going to be exponentially greater correct and it's like what i told perry um, when i was kind of teaching him basic long range shooting when you're shooting 200 and in half inch doesn't matter wind doesn't really take into effect at all if it can be blowing hard and if you're shooting a high powered rifle if you're shooting a you know, a 308, the wind can be blowing 30 miles an hour and aim center mass at 200 yards and you're still going to be fine. But the second you start moving into 300 yards, 400 yards, it you, you start to you start to see those effects a lot. And a half inch off at 100 is now four inches off at 400 yards, you know, and that's and that's where that comes into effect is, again, if you're if you're hunting whitetail or, you know, fucking shooting pigs out of Georgia and your farthest shots, 150, 200 yards, you don't need a first focal plane scope. You just don't. But if you want the ability to take that 300 plus yard shot consistently, um, whether that be just to give yourself the target or the, give yourself the confidence on a target, like on paper or steel or something like that, then I recommend a first focal plane scope. Like Perry, he, he shot a, an $80 scope on his deer rifle for a long time and put a lot of animals down. But I told him, I was like, once you upgrade glass, you're going to be like, holy Christ, I've been doing this wrong for a lot of years and you'll never go back to the Walmart junkie. And he and was I wrong. No. And, and that's a perfect transition because it's like you said, you, you have to identify the purpose of this, this tool that you're looking to, to purchase. And so for me, you know, I bought a new rifle last year, um, and and knew that I wanted to go ahead and put some some pretty decent glass on it, so I went with the Vortex um, Viper. Um, and for me, I knew that this was going to be primarily an East Coast, you know, whitetail deer rifle. Uh, we do have the ability to take some longer shots at our at our you know place up there in Virginia. Um, not stretching it out too far, but you know there are options there. Plus, we have some we have some targets set up, and it's just fun to get out there and and stretch it out a bit for, for practice. But I also knew that this was going to be a gun that I was going to take out West with me on a semi-regular basis. You know, we've talked about Carter, a lot of these, a lot of these kind of entry level Western hunts that we've talked about and like we're doing again this year are relatively attainable. And so my goal is to do one of these Western trips every year, or at least every couple of years for, you know, an antelope tag, um, elk, mule deer. And I wanted to, I, I picked a cartridge, um, a rifle, as well as a scope that I wanted to be able to 
take out West when the opportunity presented itself, even though it was still going to be my primary East coast whitetail gun and optic. And so that was, that was a, that was a little bit of insight into the decision matrix that, that I went with is, you know, I bought a, I bought a, uh, a, a high quality rifle. Um, I bought a cartridge that was going to be, was going to allow me some versatility for a number of, of North American big game. And I wanted a scope um, that was going to suit basically suit all of those needs as well and have the durability and also to Evan's point earlier, have the the warranty and Vortex has a, a kick-ass warranty that they put behind their products to where if I'm, if I'm flying this gun out West to Wyoming and it gets banged around, you know, in the, in the belly of an airplane that, um, you know, or if I, you know, climbing up a mountain and I freaking stumble and drop the thing, you know, I, I have confidence in the, in the manufacturer's warranty of the optic. Yeah, dude. In Salt Lake, <laughs> my second Western trip, I watched a baggage handler. I was on the plane and I watched him handle my gun and fucking throw it. I watched oh, him through the window oh, throw yeah. my rifle, and I was like, <laughs> and "Oh you, and my!" You got a little nauseous, didn't you? I'll tell you a good. I'll tell you a good tip for scopes. If you're going to be traveling with airlines fucking spend more money on the case than you do the scope <laughs> that, that was something else and i talked with luke about that he was like dude go ahead and invest in a high quality case don't, that's, don't that's tsa the, approved don't buy the walmart plano to put your three thousand no, dollar rifle we'll in I'm there. Yeah. I, dude i bought a pelican case and i was like i'm yeah. i'm padded make yep. sure you have the yeah. padding and stuff. Pad the exactly. shit out of it man yeah that that all makes a lot of sense you gotta have the right tool for yeah that would be the first question he would need to answer right do you want this yeah. to be like perry's talking about a gun that Cause you know, I hunted with my whatever vortex crossfire, whatever the, the cheapest line is uh, my first antelope trip and it worked fine. Right. Three by nine, whatever, 269 yard shot, which felt like a thousand yards to me at the time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I've upgraded since then. I think I have a, a four by 16 Viper now. And, uh, that kind of gives me a little more versatility, but I want to get better at being able to shoot and, longer distances then, cause I'm doing these trips out West now. Yeah. And, and one thing for listeners to keep in mind is optic, uh, manufacturers are going to have things like even top in optics like Zeiss, Swaro, Night Force. Um, they're going to have stuff at the lower end of that. So, you know, you don't have to buy the top end of the top end no. manufacturer. And the yeah. same thing with like your mid, like Vortex is a very mid manufacturer. They've created great product. I love Vortex. And like I would, something I will say to the listeners is we're, we, we're all creatures of habit. Well, not all of us, but most of us. And me personally, like I have come to likes like Vortex, Leopold and Night Force. And I'll probably never buy different glass than that for no reason other than that's what I've put on all my long guns for work to take overseas with me and i'm very comfortable with them i understand the products they have good warranties they support military and obviously maybe in military you know like i i appreciate that um aspect of it that i've had my hands on it and am comfortable with those three brands and that will do anything i need to do for the rest of my life and it will i will never be able to outperform those optics if I buy the high end from Vortex, Leopold, or Nightforce, if that makes sense. Like the optics will always be better than me. I can't say the same for everybody. There's dudes out there that like they they need higher end stuff because they are absolutely talented. 
you know what I mean? With a long yeah. Run. So, yeah. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm better than most, but worse than some, you know? For sure, man. And, you know, I've never had a rifle where I've had dials on it until this scope that is coming right now. Well, and that I need was, to come was, up and shoot yeah. with you guys. And that, and I've that never was been able be... to dial before, so that'll be huge because I've just always zero to 200, and then I know I can shoot out to 300 or I can shoot closer, and that's, yeah. that's those no, are my limits, right? Knowing your ballistics table, that's one of my biggest frustrations with inexperienced hunters or hunters that have just been doing the wrong thing their whole life, taking unethical shots. And, like, I don't want to dime people out, but Perry's brother-in-law is one of them. <laughs> Like, not dime people out, but to dime people out, you know. I uh, love him to death, but he's, you know, I think we've kind of talked about this on different podcasts, man. Like, knowing what your tools are capable of and using them properly is massive. Like, it goes back to if you, if you're good, okay, you're going to spend two thousand dollars on a piece of glass, but you don't know how to, you don't know how to use that glass, you don't know how to use that reticle, you don't know how to use the turrets, you don't know how to. You don't know how to set the turrets back to zero. You know what I mean? And so you're just now, what's the point of having, I guess, what's the point of buying a Ferrari if you're going to leave it sitting in the garage? You know what I mean? Like, what's the yeah, point? Yeah, it's of, not the gun's fault, right? It's not the Ferrari's fault. It's user yeah, error. Like what's, what's the point of buying a, a 3500 Duramax Denali if you're just going to drive to the office every day? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're just doing it for show at that point. Like, Well, and so that that's, that's, really what I wanted to hammer home is if like, you know, for you and I Carter, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up being taught by anybody that had any sort of legitimate long range shooting expertise or experience. And so, you know, I knew what I wanted this gun and optic that I recently bought to be capable of. And I know that at our family farm, we're fortunate enough that we have some places to, to shoot and to practice where I can get, you know, my, comfort level and my abilities, you know, dialed in as a shooter. And so, you know, what I did was ask Evan now that he's, you know, learned a lot about long range shooting to help me set up this scope and get it dialed in, set those turrets. Um, I, you know, I was the same with you. I never had a, a scope with, with dials or at least not that I, you know, actually felt like I had an understanding of how to properly use them. And then, and so having someone that, that has some experience and we've, you know, th- we've talked about this in all, in all facets of, of hunting, right. And learning a new, you know, if you can find that mentor, find someone that can, can show you the ropes and, you know, Evan and I spent, you know, an hour or two out at the cabin yeah. one afternoon and he, he walked me through, um, you know, MOA and which I just had a very cursory knowledge of, of and, and getting my turret set. And then that way, once I get that 200 uh, yard zero, then, and you have your ballistics, um, for that specific, that specific round that you're shooting and, you know, you have your ballistics table, then it makes, um, it makes, it makes you much more comfortable as a shooter, you know, starting to stretch the legs on, on your gun and your optic. Yeah, absolutely, man. And if someone's just getting into it, I mean, there's a lot of verbiage that goes with optics man just even moa versus mills or what type of reticle do i need or what the hell's does the size of the objective lens matter or you know focal plane or like any of that stuff man it's it's easy to get in the weeds quick oh yeah big time man like uh long range shooting and ballistics and all that and i am i am 
compared to guys I've worked with, and I will throw this caveat out there, I'm not a sniper or anything like that. I am, I love long range shooting and I have done a lot of it overseas. Um, and I have worked closely with snipers and have carried long guns multiple times on operations in Afghanistan. Um, and I've learned a lot, but like, I'm not, I'm definitely no, what's the cheesy movie with Mark Wahlberg where he's a Marine sniper shooter. shooter. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm not, I'm not that talented. You know what I'm saying? But I will say like, Bob just Lee swagger. Yeah. Bob Lee, <laughs> Bob there Lee. You go. I'm, I'm uh, just under, and like I've taught Perry, that's just a basic understanding of ballistics and like what MOA means. And like, if you don't know what MOA means, it's minute of angle. Um, and it's, it's a one sixtieth of a degree is one MOA. And so it roughly equates to one inch at a hundred yards. Well, one in a, one inch at a hundred yards is two inches at 200 yards. And it's, let's see, I pulled up a chart that way. There's a great, uh, diagram on Google. If you just Google, um, MOA and it's by Northwest sportsman magazine. And I used to have this saved, but it basically has it out. So if you have a one MOA, um, gun i think it's going to be like roughly four inches at 400 yards give or take because it's not quite an inch at 100 but if you if you basically round to an inch um at 100 yards you'll be in the ballpark and so like when you when you go purchase a gun and it says guaranteed sub moa accuracy that's what it's saying at 100 yards you're going to be shooting the gun is capable let me rephrase that the gun is capable of shooting a sub inch group at a hundred yards, which roughly translates to um, a four inch group at 400 yards, give or take. Well, that's pretty damn accurate. Now there's obviously the shooter matters. Um, and so if you have a scope, you can have a scope either in MOA adjustments or mill. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know much about mill um, at all. Mill was, is an, is a, a lot of people still use them. It's a little bit of an older, um, like system. a lot of older snipers use use mill and like love mill dot, and it's you can basically gauge range by size. So like a a man size of like you can use the mills to hold it, and it'll it can you can range with that scope basically without a range finder, and that was kind of the purpose of that. Um, I don't even know what you would call it, optic style, I guess, reticle style, maybe. I guess it'd be mm. reticle. But um, yeah, there, there, you can get real into the weeds. But like what I told Perry is just learning your adjustments. And then there's an app you can download. It's basically like a ballistics app. And you go in there and you put in your your rifle, your caliber, the twist of your barrel, the scope you're shooting, the magnification, whether it's first or second focal plane, the grain of your bullet, the manufacturer of your bullet, the powder grain, the feet per second, like all these things, you have to plug it in and you can get all that stuff. A lot of people are like, oh, where is that? Look on your box of ammo, look on your owner's manual of your firearm, look on your owner's manual of your scope, and you'll be able to plug in all this information. And it gives you your holds. It gives you your adjustments on this app. And you think what it costs, like $10 for the app. Yeah, it's, it's very worth it. It's cheap. And then it literally builds you a ballistic table and it's very accurate. Um, it's not as accurate as like using a Kestrel um, or some a tool like that, but it is very accurate as far as like uh, what most hunters can do. And then what you need to do is when you have that ballistic table, go and shoot at those distances, and then you can you can check your holes or you're not your holds, I guess. You can check your adjustments, and then like Perry's, 
we were shooting at 300 and it was, he was a little low at 300 based off what the table said. And so I just clicked up his scope one more mil and he was shooting. I mean, he literally hit a bullseye at 300 yards. I mean, he, he was shooting like three inch groups tighter than three inch groups at 300 yards, which is very impressive for not to rag on Perry, but a shooter of his, you know, he, he's not a sniper, you know, like he's never been to sniper school. He's just, he's just a good old boy that hunts. And I will, say it because he's grinning i know he's going to he out he outshot me (laughs) (laughs) but uh gotta gotta show the kid brother you know yeah i I still i could still take him for a walk every once in a while let him know yeah but then once you get your 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 adjustments on your scope all you got to do is go into uh, microsoft excel build you a spreadsheet and where it says have whatever you want. If you do a 200 meter zero, which I highly recommend for everybody out there. That's what I, what I do for all my hunting rifles, 200 meter zero. Um, because then anything under 200 is a dead hold. Everything under 200 is a dead hold. Um, and then all you do is like put 300, 350, 400, 450. You can break it down by 25s, however big of a chart you want. And then all the way out to how the farthest shot you feel comfortable taking and then it literally has your clicks. So now on your, then you just tape it, you like laminate it or, and then tape it to the buttstock of your rifle. And then when you're out in Wyoming on an antelope hunt and you range it and it says 375 yards and you look at your buttstock and it says, okay, at 350 yards, I go six clicks or six MOA and it's 375, bump it up to seven and you hold that on and you make a lethal shot on your animal and it, it and and instead of figuring out, oh, it's 375, I think I need to hold like 18 inches over its shoulder. Right. You know, yeah. you're, you're guessing. Like, that's not that's not accuracy. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. One less thing to remember, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it, the speed of it, too. You know, and Perry yeah. can attest to this. Like, the confidence that I saw in him was awesome. Because, like, when I told him, I was like, pull your rifle. Because we, we did it this past time we were up there and we had shot the previous time. I was like, pull your rifle out go walk out into the field so you're not sitting on the cabin porch on a sandbag, walk out to the field, range a target, make your adjustments off your table, click your scope. And I guarantee you'll have a first round impact. And he did. And he was like, man, that's, that's awesome. You know, he had a first round impact at 300, 400 yards. So it, it just yeah. builds your confidence when you know how to use that tool. Yeah. Confidence in your gear, you know, directly correlates to confidence in the field, which is, less margin for error when it matters, especially when you're doing an out of state hunt when shit's expensive. (laughs) You don't want to screw up. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I, I would, I would caution people too. like, if, if you, if you have a hunt coming up and you're like, okay, I've got, I draw, I drew this ticket in three weeks and I need a good scope. So I'm going to go down to my local shields or shoulder, whatever it's called, or my bass pro, I'm going to buy a scope. I'm going to buy a high-end scope. And then you buy a high-end scope, but you can only go to the range once and you buy buy one box of ammo. You are not going to learn and be proficient with that scope. And you are like, does that make sense? Like you, you need to allow yourself the time to learn that tool as well. Like whatever it is, you need to get the reps in because that's how you do build that confidence. And a lot of people do that, man. A lot of people 
they're like, oh, I've never been hunting before. I've got this hunt. I'm going to go buy this rifle and this scope. I go to the range and sight it in, and then I think I'm good to go hunt. And, oh, there's an elk at 450 yards. I'm going to take this shot, and they blow its front leg off. And they're like, oh, I wonder why. I'm like, well, because you're a fucking idiot. You know, that's why. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not something you want to rush. The process. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's all good shit, guys. Uh, you guys got anything you want to add? Trying to think. We kind of got a little bit off of like selecting scopes and optics, but I, I think it all tailors to it. Um, My tip would be go with the biggest objective lens <laughs> possible. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're going to be putting it in a saddlebag. Like I like, yeah. I like a 50 millimeter personally too. because it lets in more yeah. light. You're going to have more clarity. I, I like a 50 millimeter lens. Yeah. Spring personally. for the 50 for sure. Don't get the 44. Yep. Yeah, I've I've had some I've had some situations where that last light opportunity presents itself, albeit with you know cheaper glass that Evan alluded to earlier. Even even you know here with relatively close range shots and having you know being able to have that last few minutes and and you know let that little bit of light in could could make or break the opportunity to have a a, a good you know a good shot. Yeah. Another thing I will I want to say to people is if you're not shooting past 300 yards, don't buy a scope over 16 power magnification. I see a lot of people do that. They're like, they're like, oh, I need this four by 25. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't understand the what you're doing if and like what what that tool is for. If if you think you need a 25 power magnification scope for, you know, like hunting whitetail in Southwest Virginia, you just don't. You know, and magnification does not increase accuracy a lot of people so that's a there's another tip on selecting your optics like don't don't think you need this telescope to see to the moon for yeah. hunting whitetail you know if you're going to be taking 600 yard shots consistently on black bear in alaska and elk and you know colorado then okay maybe get the maybe get some magnification or if you're going to be shooting prairie dogs at 800 yards then yeah but that that is um there's, there's articles on this. I also check before before you go out there and pull the trigger on a scope. Read, educate yourself. There's the biggest thing I can tell you is just educate yourself. Take take a day or a night and just spend a few hours on the good old Google machine and do some research on. There's hundreds of thousands of forums, if not millions, on optic selection. So, yeah, if you can save your money because ammo is expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. especially right now. Yeah, no kidding, man. Well, cool, boys. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure yeah. talking with you guys. Yeah, is there anything you're looking for out of it other than what we provided? No, man. That's all good stuff, man. I already pulled the trigger on mine. If if it ever shows up, then I will show up and you can teach me how to shoot it. Yeah, I'm well, excited, man. Bring it up, bring it up, Carter. I'm I'm still got a couple of a couple of dates in mind for for August and early September to take it out there and do some some last minute tuning and confidence building so i know it's a bit of a hike for you but you got a place to come shoot anytime so yeah got to take it seriously for sure good company too you know the best (laughs) unrelated but you would have been proud of me evan i expanded my chicken coop painted everything with used motor oil i was like evan taught me this this is legit that's good stuff (laughs) that's good stuff and here i am putting we just hundred dollars worth of stain we on just, my privacy fence. We just stained his fence this morning. I'm like, man, I went to my local diesel mechanic, got a couple of five gallon buckets of diesel, you know, burnt diesel oil. Shit yeah. works great. So I'm good. Kind of man. Wish I would have done that instead of spending the money I spent on stain. 
<laughs> oh man, I appreciate it, fellas and listeners. As always, we appreciate the hell to you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>